Welcome to the Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle Podcast. This is the podcast for women wanting to live a healthy vegan lifestyle their way that they love. The Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle is simple and life-changing, healthy vegan living for women. I'm your host, Jessica. If you want to be a part of this community, lifestyle, and movement of vegan women living everywhere in their beauty and their power, this is for you. I'm simplifying it all for you and showing you how. Yay, goddess, live this beautiful lifestyle with me. Hey, so we're on episode two of the Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle Podcast, and I'm your host, Jessica. Today, I want to talk to you about eating. That is a huge part of living a healthy vegan lifestyle, obviously. A lot of people struggle with this because they think about it too hard. That is what I have come to realize in my personal experience. So, for women living a healthy vegan lifestyle... You want to make things simple, and that is what the Vegan Beauty Power Lifestyle is all about. It is centered around simplicity, because if things are simple and easy, you will be more likely to stay consistent and feel the way that you want to feel. Once you know how you want to feel, then you'll be more clear on the things that you need to do, the actions that you need to take, the habits that you need to form consistently. This is not a destination It is something you do every day and how you live. So you want to make sure that you stay consistent and change things if they need to be changed. So you always want to pay attention to how you feel. And a big part of that, like I said, is eating. How do you feel when you eat certain foods? Whether you like how they taste or not, how do you feel after you eat them? So I think a huge part of beauty is digestion. And that is really what I center my whole eating around. I have fine-tuned things over the years, and I figured out what works better for me. So that is really cool. And this may be different for you, but whether you can take this and try it for yourself or leave it and not pay any attention to it at all, Listening to it may help you. It probably will. So if you have good digestion, you'll obviously feel better, be able to do more of the things that you love to do, think clearer, think more clearly and everything else. And we want good digestion. I have been on both ends of the spectrum and I have been in the middle as well. I have felt like total incomplete shit before I went vegan. I have felt, eh, you know, good and bad. And then I felt like beyond amazing. I can't even describe into words. So I can pretty much tell you the different things that made me feel those ways. And one of the biggest things is digestion. So if you are bloated, something's going on with your digestion. For the most part, it probably is telling you that you didn't eat the right foods together. So you can eat the healthiest foods in the world. Whole plant foods, all in its real form, all that. But if you eat foods that don't digest well together, then you aren't going to absorb all the nutrients properly. You're not going to get the most from it, and you're definitely not going to feel your best and feel the way you want to feel. So I got into learning about proper food combining way later on after I became vegan. It wasn't in the beginning for me. You know, in the beginning I was focusing on other things, getting into it and all of that and learning constantly. And obviously I still learn many things, but now it is such a second nature to me that I don't even have to think about it anymore. But when I first learned about proper food combining, I thought about it so much and so hard. So you don't want to do that. You want to just think about it, but you know, don't stress out about it. We're not always perfect. There are many times, obviously, where we're going to eat things that don't digest well together for many reasons, and that's okay. But we don't want to make that a habit because if you make that a habit, then you're really not going to ever know what it's like to feel the best that you can feel. And you're never going to feel the way you want to feel if you don't strive 
to have the best digestion that you can have. So health conditions aside, because I'm not a doctor, I'm not a healthcare professional, I'm not a nutritionist, none of that. For everyone that does not have any health underlying conditions or anything that affects that affects their eating and their digestion in any way, the main thing is to keep it simple. Every time you eat something, just make sure to keep it simple. Keep it at not that many ingredients. You know, so that really is the main focus. But you want to learn and become familiar with what foods digest well together. Which foods go together and which ones do not. The biggest thing I see people doing that can affect the way they feel and that can affect their digestion is the way that they eat fruit. So it doesn't really, I don't know if it really matters. I don't really think it does the time of day you eat fruit, but what matters more, I believe, is what you eat fruit with. Fruit needs to be eaten by itself and that is it. It really, really, really does. It does not digest well with anything else except leafy greens. That is it. So, and, you know, it obviously seems like fruit is better eaten um, in the earlier part of the day, but it's okay. So that way you are eating fruit on an empty stomach. So there's no interference that the fruit will come into contact with any other food that's being digested and it won't go together. So if you eat fruit in the beginning of the day, that means you're eating it on an empty stomach, which is simpler and easier for your body to do what it needs to do. But it's okay to eat fruit later on the day and it doesn't have to be in the morning. It could be multiple times a day. If you do that though, you need to make sure that it is at least three hours after you have eaten some, have eaten something else. If it's a different food that's not fruit and you want to eat fruit afterwards, you need to make sure that it's at least three hours or later so that it is going through the digestion process because you don't want fruit to clash with that. Fruit is by far digested the quickest out of any food there is. So if you have eaten something that is difficult to digest or not really necessarily difficult to digest, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like takes longer to digest than fruit does, then there will become what you would want to call a traffic jam in your body. They will clash with each other and it won't digest the way that it really needs to and go as smooth as it should, as smoothly as it should. So you're not, you're going to feel that and your body's going to react to that. You are going to feel bloated. You're going to feel like there's stuff going on in you, like rumbling around. You're going to have that feeling where you feel stiff, very full, you might even have some stomach pains, that kind of thing going on. Obviously, you know what bloating feels like. Everybody has had that. And I definitely feel it if I eat something that doesn't go together. But I don't hardly ever, ever get bloated because I know how to not get bloated. But there are some times where I do, and I and I think to myself, what did I eat? And, and then I figure it out. I'm like, okay, that's what it is. So, you know, water is another thing that goes with it too because that can make you feel bloated as well. When you eat, you do not want to drink at the same time because that can dilute your digestive enzymes. And you'll definitely feel that going on too. So fruit needs to be eaten by itself. Melons are eat, better eaten by themselves and with no other types of fruit. So all kinds of different fruits can be eaten together, but melons should really just be eaten by themselves with no leafy greens either. Melons by themselves. Fruit can be eaten with other fruit and also leafy greens. So if you have a very simple, simple salad, you can put, say you have spinach as your leafy green and you might have other leafy greens in there too you can have like strawberries with it or something and that's really it like you want to keep it so simple and green smoothies that's another thing um I like to add celery and cucumber to that as well but really it's just fruit and greens and water so that's what I mean when I say fruit is better with by itself or with leafy greens no fruit and oatmeal no fruit and protein smoothies no fruit with nut butters, no fruit with seeds, you know, that kind of thing. No fruit with pancakes. Like I've seen it over and over and over again. Fruit just is eaten as a dessert after you've just eaten a heavy meal. There's no way that's going to make you feel good. There's no way that you're going to know how good you can feel if you eat that way. That's just how it is. 
of course it's going to be that way sometimes and that's okay. Like there are things sometimes that we, that don't go well together, but if we get our bodies used to that, then we're never going to know what it feels like to feel the way that we want to feel and feel our best. So we don't ever want to get to that point. We want to get out of that. And with fruit, it's important to get a whole variety because there's so many, obviously. But just keep in mind that it really just needs to be eaten by itself. And then you have all these other types of different foods. You have proteins, you have starches, you have fats. It gets, it can get tricky in the way that you can decide which is categorized as what. But it could get simple once you really like think what makes more sense to you. And with bananas and dates, those are the two fruits that really can go with other things. So it's okay. Well, you know, you won't feel horrible and it'll be okay if you have bananas with a protein smoothie or dates with peanut butter or almond butter or walnut butter, sun butter, or chia seeds in your banana smoothie. If you make nice cream out of bananas, you can put nuts with it and things like that. Bananas really do digest differently than other fruits, so they can go with other things. They could digest with other things that fruit really doesn't. Dates can be like that as well, but especially bananas. So you can keep that in mind. And then, like I was saying, at first, it took me a while to realize okay, what, what are beans categorized as? Because they have fiber in them, they have protein in them, they have starch. What, what, what could they be? And that could, really de- that could really be determined as what you're eating them with. So you can have beans with potatoes because that could be eaten as a starch. You can, you know, so that's fine, but you wouldn't want to have tempeh with potatoes or tempeh with beans. Because tempeh is like strictly a protein. So proteins really just go well with vegetables. Vegetables are completely neutral. So it's easy to think of them because they really can go with everything. So if you have proteins, they go with vegetables really well. And you won't, you do not want to combine like more than one protein You also don't want to combine like more than one bean together at the same time. So that's keeping it simple. Like I said, starches are okay with other starches. They're okay with vegetables, but they do not go well with proteins or fats and fats are the other ones that are, that are tricky too, because a lot of people are like, well, which one is a fat? Nuts could be protein, but they could also be fat. It really just depends on what you're eating it with, though. And seeds can go with that, too. So just keep in mind to really, really keep it simple. That's what you want to make sure you do the most. And however often you want to eat, that's up to you. But all you want to make sure is to make sure that you give your body enough time to digest before you eat something else. You don't want to eat something too soon to where your body didn't digest what you've eaten before and then you got stuff on top of it for, for it to do more work. Your body does a whole bunch of work on its own. You want to make it as easy as possible for your body to do what it needs to do to work at its best. So a lot of people say eat every three hours. Some people eat only twice a day. Some people only eat once a day. Some people eat snacks. Some people don't eat snacks. That really is up to you. I've done it different ways. Either way it goes, I really don't think about how often I eat. I just eat and listen to my body. So that's the thing. That is totally individual. That is totally up to you. Go by how your body feels and listen to your body. Be in tune with your body. That is really what matters the most. So if you actually feel hungry, it's a real hunger, then eat something. And as you eat, make sure you keep it simple and don't drink at the same time. Drinking an hour before, 30 minutes after, whichever, however you eat. So that's how that works out better. 
but it really is important to keep things so super simple. So, you know, keep, how do you keep things simple? You make sure that you eat properly food combined as much as you can. You make sure that you give your body enough time to digest in between your eating. And you make sure to not eat so many things at the same time. So keep it like really simple with not as many ingredients. I mean like 10 ingredients or less, 8 or less, things like that. And if you know what you want to eat, it's really easy to plan. So that is another way to keep your eating so simple. All like to know what you're going to eat the day before. You could take a few hours each week. You could do this uh, two days every week, like twice a week or whatever, planning and preparing the meals and the snacks or whatever you want to eat throughout the week. But you you don't have to do that. You can cook every day if you want. That's up to you. That's up to you. And depending on how much time you have and how you manage your time and how you like to do that or whatever. I really just go by, I, you know, I will probably, I'll cook almost every day, but that, that is fine. Sometimes I eat stuff for all too, but that's totally okay. Either way it goes. I know every single day in advance what I'm going to have to eat for that day. Once you, when you know what you're going to have the entire day, at least a day ahead of time, that makes things very simple for you and you don't want to stray to not feeling your best. We're not perfect, so we don't strive for perfection. We strive for progress, and we just keep it moving, and we keep we stay consistent. If we eat something that's very processed, that our bodies are like, what did you just, you know, give me? Then it's okay, and we're not going to be perfect, and we are going to eat ice cream sometimes, and yeah, there's healthier options than others, but there are some that aren't, and we're going to have those sometimes. We're going to have some unhealthy processed cookies and bars sometimes. We're going to have some fries sometimes, and pizza that isn't the healthiest and that's okay we're not always going to eat properly food combined and that's okay too but if you find yourself doing that do not beat yourself up about it just get back to your whole plant food eating that's it because that really is what it is um you're going to have things sometimes that are processed and not as healthy and that is okay just don't make it a habit because you'll never feel the way you want to feel if you make it a habit so that's important to note as well And so once you know what you want to eat the day ahead, at least the day ahead, you I mean, you could get really specific and strategic with it, which is not me, but you, you really can, especially if you're new to this, it probably would maybe help you to be more organized with it. It really depends on just how you are and how you live your life, but you don't want to think too hard about it. You don't want to stress yourself out about it. You want to make it as simple as possible and as easy as possible for you. But if it makes you feel better and if you feel more comfortable with being really super strategic and logic with it, then that will work for you, then that's good. Which means creating a whole entire menu for your for your week, planning out your meals by times, uh, getting all this stuff ready, whether it's planning or preparing two days a week and knowing exactly what you're going to eat at what time of the day and have a whole menu planned out and have everything in glass containers already ready to go and all of that stuff, then that's cool. That that works for you. That's what That's what it is. That's what this lifestyle is all about. That is the vegan beauty power lifestyle is all about. Doing it your way. Living a healthy vegan lifestyle consistently your way. So if that means cooking or preparing foods every day, but still knowing what you're going to eat the next day and all that, and that works for you, then that's what you should do. But if it's you're a planner, you have to be organized, you don't have much time, then you plan out a menu for the week. You take two, you take a few hours one day a week to plan and cook everything and put it in glass containers ready to go. And you know every day what you're going to eat, at what time, all that. Then you should do that. It really can go any way you want it to go. That is up to you. That is a very individual thing. And that's why I love it so much because it can be flexible in the way that you do it. So what works really good for me, and I think this right here, if you take anything from this besides the digestion part, this right here is what can help everyone. You know what kind of stuff you like to eat. You also know what's healthy and what's not healthy. I don't need to tell you that. 
when you know what you want to eat and what the healthy version of that is and what you know that you love, you find recipes for those types of things. Or you can come up with your own recipes. That would be fun for you too if you're that kind of person. I like to follow recipes that other people have created. I leave that to them. That is their talent. That's good for them. That's what they do. I trust that. I go with that. And you can also keep it flexible. I'm really good at creating smoothies and coming up with smoothie combinations and recipes for that. But when it comes to everything else, I just go follow other people's. And I have come up with my favorites that I go back to and I make often. But there's such a huge variety out there. So I know it can be overwhelming. But there are like 10 different ones that I always go to and I love so much. So I'm going to tell you what those are. And, you know, you don't have to go to them, but you can if you want and whatever. And I'm sure you'll love these because a lot of them are properly food combined. And if they're not, you can make them properly food combined. And if you don't have a certain ingredient for them, it's okay. You don't have to make it perfectly exact to AT because this is not baking here. Now, they have baking recipes too, but we're just talking about, you know, not baking. You're baking, you have to be exact and all that. But with cooking... Or just putting things together, you do not have to be exact. So it is okay if the recipe calls for carrots and you don't have carrots. You want to use something else instead, so you use parsnips instead. The recipe calls for for um, yellow potatoes and you don't have them, so you want to use red potatoes instead. Or okay, that's fine. It calls for sweet potatoes and you don't have them. You use a different kind of potato. It calls for celery, but you don't have that, so you can use green bell peppers. You know, it could go either way. There's many different types of foods to substitute or put into place. If a recipe has something that you don't like in it, but you like everything else, you could take that ingredient out and leave it out. You know, you could swap something else for something that you don't have. If you don't have vegetable broth, it's okay. You can use water. I don't ever use vegetable broth anymore. I just use water. Um, it's perfectly fine. So that's that's the whole thing. Don't feel like you have. Don't feel like you can't make a recipe that you want to make because you don't have every single ingredient. That's okay if you don't have every single ingredient. Now, it's cool, though, when you do, and that's really fun. But one other thing I was going to tell you before I tell you the recipe blogs that I always go to and what I stick to um, is the fact that you have to figure out what your standards are when you're eating. What kind of recipes do you... What kind of things do the recipes have to have for you to make them and try them yourself? If so, if recipe has something, what makes you not want to make it? You're like, nope, I'm not going to deal with that. So that's the thing with me that I'm talking about. I have found these, all these recipe blogs meet my standards. And what my standards are is, okay, I'm, I don't, I eat oil free. Now, a lot of recipes are not oil free, but that is just so simple. Just keep the oil out. That's all you gotta do. Just don't put any oil in there. That's it. And then the other thing is whole plant foods. No processed ingredients, just whole plant food ingredients. That is it. Like, that's the recipes that I go for. Um, another one is sugar-free. I'm 90-something percent sugar-free is what I say. Like, don't eat, uh, you know, you know. I try not to, if recipe calls for pure maple syrup, which is a good option. It just makes my face break out at times. And I do eat vegan ice creams. I try every vegan ice cream. If I see a vegan ice cream in a store that I haven't tried, I get it and I try it. And yeah, it's not healthy and whatever. And it has all this kind of sugar in it. But it's not something that I do all of the time. But if I'm making a recipe that has pure maple syrup in it, which is a good option, I just, it doesn't work well for me. I put in coconut nectar, which doesn't affect me. Or I use uh, stevia. Or I use monk fruit. If it has coconut sugar, which is also a good option, but it doesn't work well for me, I use monk fruit instead. There are many different things you can do if a recipe calls for something that doesn't work out well for you. Use something else or leave that out or do whatever. You just need to figure out what works best for you. So I say oil-free, whole plant food ingredients. I say mostly sugar-free. And I also say simple. Like I'm not looking for something that's super complicated because digestion is better when you keep things simple. So most of the recipes I go for, they're properly food combined. They are whole plant food ingredients. They are oil-free, sugar-free, and they're simple. So 
obviously not all of them are going to go into all that exactly, but I can make them that way because it can be flexible. So figure out what works best for you. And yeah, I do mostly do gluten-free too, but I don't necessarily say I'm, I just happen to be gluten-free by accident. That's not something that I intentionally keep out or I feel like it's better to keep that out, but it's not like integral. I mean, I find that it's better for me when I do. So I pretty much am gluten-free. Like there's not really anything I can think of that I eat that has gluten in it. So that's just another thing out there, but there are many vegan gluten-free recipes that are amazing. Just so you know. And a lot of the ones that I go to just happen to be gluten-free. It just happens to be. So that that's just the thing. You know, a lot of people go for organic. I don't give a damn if it's organic or not. But sometimes some of the stuff I get just happens to be organic. So that's just how it is. That's, that's okay. Either way it goes. Either way. So figure out what you look for in recipes. And you'll eventually find recipes that have your standards in it. And... The other thing is, one last thing, when, before I tell you what these uh, websites are, is sometimes you don't know what kind of recipe you want to make. You don't know exactly what kind of recipe you make. You don't know if it's some kind of pasta dish you want to make, some kind of soup you want to make, or if it's like a sandwich or something really, whatever, different. But you're like, oh, I need to make something. I want to make something or whatever. Look at what you have in your kitchen if you don't want to go to the store look what you want to look at what you have in the kitchen if you can't go to the store you don't want to to get different things and and just look at that up if I have black-eyed peas and I want to make them what kind of recipe can I use for them so I go to each one of my favorite recipe blogs that I go to and I type in black-eyed peas And I will find recipes that they use black-eyed peas in. And I will see what other ingredients I have and don't have for those black-eyed peas recipes. If I have most of the ingredients, then I make the recipe. If I don't have all the ingredients, it's okay. But if I have, like, no ingredients for it, then I won't make it. So if you have something that you want to make, like brown rice or whatever, and you want to find a recipe for it, just go to your favorite recipe blog website and type in the ingredient. Brown rice. And then it will come up. So that's another option to do if you just don't know what to make and you don't want to go to the store or you can't or whatever. You're, or you're short on time, you need something quick, you need to know what you're going to make. Then just that's a thing that I always do. And it works out really well, actually. Because so, you, you'll find that you'll have a lot of stuff that you need anyways that you just happen to have. Like you're, you, you have mustard, you have um, spices and herbs, you know, you'll have just vegetables here and there. You'll have dry stuff like legumes. So, you know, you can find a recipe that combines those together so that you know it'll turn out right. That is why I like to use recipes because I know and I trust that they will turn out well because they have been tried and true true and tested many times before they publish them and share them with the world. And that's the thing. It saves time because you know it's going to turn out right. If they have ingredients in there that you like, you're probably going to like it. And it's going to work out well because many other people have made these too and it works out well for them. So that is a big benefit of making recipes. And all of these recipes I'm about to tell you about, they also a lot of them also have books to buy, which I also have, and that's pretty fun and cool. So you don't need that much kitchen equipment either to keep things simple. You just don't. I mean, food, processor and de- and food processors and dehydrators are cool and good to use, but they're not necessary. Um, an instant pot, a lot of people love, I don't have one, so I can't tell you, but, um, there's whole recipe books designed around instant pots. And then what I think is necessary though, are knives and a blender and just simple things like that. Things to grate ginger with a thing to grate ginger. Cause you want to put ginger in recipes. You gotta, you know, make it so small. Um, just like glass containers to store things in that you make. You can even keep glass jars that you bought stuff in and reuse them. So there's just many different things, but really, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more things that I'm leaving out, but you know, the basics, like what you need in a kitchen to eat the healthy vegan way. Like really, it's not that many things, but 
the basics. So the 11 or 10, I can't remember how many it is, recipe blogs that I go to over and over again that have been making the recipes for many years now. These are really all I go to. Like that is it. These are just, this, this is what I stick to. This is just the only ones I make. Kimberly Snyder. She's like a role model for me and how to live a healthy vegan lifestyle. For real, for real. I learned so much from her. And she has a lot of books and I have every single one of them and they all have recipes in them, but they're not recipe books. So her entire company brand that she created called Saluna, S-O-L-L-U-N-A, has tons of recipes and tons of articles about healthy living, healthy vegan living and all of that on her website. So it is Kimberly Snyder's brand, Saluna. Lots of recipes on there, and I go to them time and time again. And she has a lot of recipes in all of her books as well. So you can go there and find it, mysaluna.com. And there's a tab there that says recipe, I believe, recipes, or it might say blog. It's just I think it says recipes, and you'll find so many on that and most of these websites are categorized so they'll be like smoothies entrees and you can even type in ingredients and you can even type gluten-free and all that so that is helpful too and they're pretty organized well so another one is the vegan eight the number eight the vegan eight this probably was one of my first ones I ever found or heard about and was making so hers are so amazing and a lot of people that aren't vegan love them too she keeps it at eight ingredients or less but not all of them you know there are her there are recipes she has that are more than eight ingredients and most of them are like all gluten-free and oil-free so I love that too and I just believe that's what her gift is is making recipes she's such a genius in creating recipes and it is just incredible what she can come up with and how amazing it is so the vegan eight. Another one is Detoxinista. So D-E-T-O-X-I-N-S-T-A. Now, not every single one of her recipes are vegan, not every single one, but the majority of them are. And if they are not, you can make them vegan. I have her books. The vegan eight also has a cookbook, which I have obviously. So Detoxinista has three cookbooks, okay? One of them is just for Instant Pot. I don't have that one because I don't have an Instant Pot, but the other two are amazing. Like, I think every single recipe in her book is vegan, but they might not be. But on her website, not every single recipe is. But like I said, if it's not, you can definitely make it vegan. She will have a note about that in the recipe. She says, to make it vegan, do this. Okay? Leave that out, obviously. But it is just so amazing and simple how she keeps things. She's all about properly food combined, just as Kimberly Snyder is. And she's all about keeping things simple. Simple, simple, simple. Like you will already have these ingredients. Nothing weird that you've never heard of. Very kid friendly because she has little kids. And it is just so cool how she can just come up with so many. And she's got so many on there. So detox, Detoxinista. So if you're just purely looking for vegan recipes on her website, you can filter that as just vegan and all of them will come up. And like I said, the majority of them are. So when you go to her website, that's what would be better if you did that. You'd filter it to vegan. So that, because the Detoxinista and the Veganate are purely recipe blogs. So they all they have is recipes. So they're easier to filter and they're organized in that way because all they have is recipes. The other one is the Glowing Fridge. I love her so much and she, one of her, so she has a recipe blog, but she's also a hormone expert, which is amazing for women. You can learn so much from her, and she has two books out. One of them is The Happy Hormone Guide. She even has a hormone tracker or planner, and I don't have that. And then she has a cookbook. So that is incredible. And she has many amazing fun recipes. So one of her blog posts literally changed my life, and it was about sugar-free that is how she cleared up her face when the breakouts going sugar-free 
And after I read those blog posts about that, that's when everything changed. That's when a lot of stuff changed for me. So that really helped me out in a, in a number of ways. So a lot of recipes are sugar-free, but, you know, some of them aren't. And you can just change them if you want and whatever. There's just there's so much, so much goodness in her recipes. So that's the glowing fridge. And another one is... Uh, blissful basil her recipes are really cool and fun too she also has a book so if you go to hers hers are more indulgent and more I don't know the word like unique I guess you can say so hers are pretty cool and she can do a lot of things with many different whole plant food ingredients and come up with a lot of recipes for those so that's really good another one is uh Shane and Simple. Out of all the recipes I keep going to, he's the only guy. But they're all oil-free. And they're all simple. So I love that and I appreciate that. Shane and Simple. Another one is... From My Bowl. This is one of my absolute favorites. She just came out with her first cookbook and it was incredible. Her recipes are so simple, easy, and pure, just like the detoxinistas are. And she has a big, huge variety. So she, so her and detoxinistas are similar in how they do their recipes. So they're definitely one of my top, like, top go-tos for sure. From my bowl. Another one is the Simple Veganista. Love hers because, you know, she's got simple in her name, then you know it's going to be incredible. And this is one of the ones that I found out after all the other ones. So it's a lot of fun and great recipes. Another one is Eating by Elaine. She has a lot. She like her, Kimberly Snyder, Detoxinista, and Blissful Basil have a lot of smoothie recipes, which are good. Because sometimes smoothie recipes are harder to find for some reason. I don't know. They just are. So Eating by Elaine has a lot of, a, a huge variety of recipes as well. That are great. And then there is choosing chia. Like chia seeds. Choosing chia. Not every single one of her recipes are vegan. But most of them are. So just filter in that vegan. Once you get in there. Filter it so that all the vegan recipes will sh- will come up to, for you to see. And I think her recipes are really cool. She uses a lot of chia seeds, which, you know, I guess that's where the name, I'm not really sure, but there's a lot of chia pudding recipes in her, on her, on there, which are really cool because you don't really know how to make chia pudding, but she lays all out for you and it's simple that way. And she has a lot of different other ones too. So she keeps it pretty cool, pretty light. So those are always good to go back to choosing chia. And then the other one is tasting to thrive. She's a nutritionist. So she knows how to make some good recipes and she doesn't have that many on there, but she has some really great bowls and soups. Love those. So tasting to thrive. A lot of different combinations for dressings too. So a lot of them have books that you can buy, like physical books. Blissful Basil does. Kimberly Snyder does. Detox Anissa does. From My Bowl does. The Glowing Fridge does. And there are also these websites I just listed that have ebooks you can buy as well. Tasting to Thrive has a soup ebook. And I bought that and it's great. Choosing Chia also has one. The Detoxinista has meal plans for you to buy. They're like five-day meal plans where she has everything laid out for you where you don't even have to think about it. All the ingredients you need, all the recipes you need, all the combinations, and they're like $10 each, and they're digital. So those are really cool. I think I have one of them, and they are. It's like the just a variety of them. There's They also go by season. She also has a spring one, a winter one, a fall one, and a summer one. So that is really cool. So she has physical books, those, and also digital versions of different things for, with recipes in them. So that's really cool. So, you know, if you can't, if you want like a exclusive recipes from them, then 
they might have ebooks for you to buy. But, you know, another one, obviously, I almost forgot to mention is Oh, She Glows. That's very popular. A lot of people know her. She's got an app. So a lot of her recipes are on there. And they're just really good. And she was probably one of the first people that had a big vegan blog. So that was really amazing. And I love that. Oh, She Glows. She has like three recipe books, I believe. I have her first one. But she also has the app, which which gets updated regularly, which is convenient. And the way that the app is laid out is really cool and organized, which I appreciate and love. So those are probably about 11, maybe 12, I believe. I can't remember the number. So, Oh, She Glows, Detoxinista, The Glowing Fridge, Eating by Elaine, The Simple Veganista, Tasting to Thrive, Shane and Simple, Kimberly Snyder's MySaluna.com, The Vegan 8, Choosing Chia, From My Bowl, and Blissful Basil, if I didn't already say that one. So I think it's like 12 or something. Like, it's pretty cool. All those are really great to keep going back to, and they have enough of variety for you to not even have to go anywhere else. But that's the fun part. Like when you first decide what kind of recipes you want to make, what your standards are for the recipes that you're looking for, and you find ones that you love, then yeah, you won't want to really go anywhere else. But you can always go anywhere anywhere else because there's plenty of them out there. I just wanted to make it simple for you so that you won't feel overwhelmed. So I gave you the ones that I go to all the time. And I really don't go anywhere else to make recipes at all. Those are really just it. And that keeps me not eating the same thing all the time because they have so many recipes on each of those, but they also have my favorites where I keep making occasionally I go back to and make them over and over again. So that's really awesome to do. So you can start with those if you want, or you could just Google gluten-free vegan recipes, or you can Google sugar-free vegan recipes, oil-free, or, you know, simple vegan recipes, or comfort food vegan recipes, or you know, Italian, like whatever you want, it's out there. So if you want to make recipes, you'll be able to find it. I promise. So really that's all that I really want to tell you. This one is definitely longer because there's a lot to talk about when it comes to this and a lot to go over that I want to make sure that you know. So to simplify your eating for a healthy vegan lifestyle, you need to Make sure that you're eating whole plant foods. Like I said, we're not perfect, so it's not always going to be this way, but for the most part, it is. And then you want to always think about your digestion, so keep things simple, which means not eating so many ingredients at the same time, like 10 ingredients or less, 8 ingredients or less, as an example. Eat properly food combined. Figure out what foods go well together what foods digest well together get to know the categories and whatever I will do blog posts about this but I haven't yet so what has helped me is going into Kimberly Snyder's blog post about this and also her first book she had and Detoxinista goes into this too so those two right there talk about proper food combining so they're really helpful Kimberly Snyder and Detoxinista And the other thing is, know ahead of time what you're going to eat at least a day in advance. You can plan this out whatever way you want. It just helps you out for sure to know ahead of time what you're going to eat. At least a day in advance. And, I mean, really just make sure you don't drink water as you're eating. And then the other thing is to make sure that you give your body enough time to digest what you're eating. Don't eat too often. Some people eat more often than others, and that's really up to you, and you'll figure it out what works for you, but make sure your body has time to digest things in between your eating, and you will feel that. You'll feel the best way. That'll really help, and that really matters. Find recipes that you love and keep making them and stick to them, or come up with your own. Sometimes you don't need a recipe to make something, obviously. You don't really need a recipe to make pasta. I mean, there's plenty out there that are incredible. So that's really cool. But really, you could do that by yourself without a recipe. Baked potatoes, mashed potatoes, salads, sandwiches. Like, you don't need recipes. Not even for, like, pancakes if you wanted. 
or oatmeal or something. Granola. You don't really need recipes for those, but there are so many good ones. Like if you want to create a bowl, you don't need a recipe for that. But there are a lot of good ones for that. Just make sure you have it properly combined. And then you can add sauces and dressings over them. And you can come up with great combinations on your own or find recipes for those too. So, you know, it could just go either way. You just know that if you're making a recipe, it's going to probably turn out well because it's already been made so many times and has been loved. So definitely you'll probably love it too. If it's something that you would like and you make a recipe for it, then you're probably going to like it. So that's really great to know. And then you can make a list of your favorites and then just go back to them. What I have done on my phone, because that's really what I use the most, is I have gone to each of the websites that I told you about for recipes. And I, this is an iPhone that I have. I went to the little box on the screen with an arrow that goes up or down. I don't remember. I think it goes up. And then you go to save to home screen. So if you go to a website, you go to that box that's in the middle at the bottom of the screen with the arrow pointing up in, in the box, pointing out of the box, and you go to, you scroll down and you go to add to home screen. You click that and it makes it look like an app on your phone, on your screen. And you can categorize it into vegan recipes if you want. Or your favorite blogs or whatever. So that is really cool and handy to do. So if you're looking for a recipe that has black beans, you can go to one of those websites and just type in black beans. And they'll come up with a bunch of recipes for that so you know what to make. That's another reason to keep it. That's another way to keep it simple and not not have to think about much or overwhelm you is if you have stuff you know you want to use and make, but you don't know a recipe to make with them or what to do with them, you can go to your favorite recipe websites and just type in that ingredient. And recipes will come up. Usually more than one, too, for sure. So that's how you can keep your eating simple. And just an extra tip here. Just to have stuff on hand, it's good to do. Like, I have a blog post that talks about the foods that are great to keep on hand. Because there's th- there are foods that you will usually use a lot and eat a lot that are a big part of your eating. Like dried foods like brown rice, legumes, things like that, quinoa. And then, you know, you always have you'll always have your vegetables. You'll always have your leafy greens, your herbs and spices. I have an entire cabinet filled with herbs and spices. I love them. I love to use all the combinations, all the different ones. They're all great. And they last a long time too. And then, you know, you always make sure you have enough fruit that you want. So just, you know, keep things on hand, especially things like the dry stuff that lasts longer that aren't, that's not produce too. Like, like I said, the dry stuff like brown rice, legumes and quinoa, all those types of things. And even oats, if you use them, whatever those and like herbs and spices and things to make sauces with like mustards, vinegars, apple cider vinegar is amazing to use a lot. It's very versatile. Um, nutritional yeast, that's cool to have on hand. Different flours, like brown rice flour, oat flour things, shredded coconut, nuts and seeds, those can last a while. Dark chocolate, you can even put it in your freezer if you want. And you could freeze things too for them to last longer if you're a big planner. That's cool. So, I mean, there's just many things to keep on hand. Tahini, nut butters, liquid smoke, like all kinds of different things. That way, if you don't know what to make, but you have stuff that you do want to make, you'll be able to find a recipe easily and quickly to make because you have a lot of stuff already. It makes it even better when you don't know what to make, when you don't know what you're going to make, but you know what you want to use. It makes it even better when you find a recipe and you already have everything you need, pretty much. So that's really good. So that is how I have found things to work really well when it comes to eating for me. And I know that these can help you too. You don't have to take all of this in. You can leave what doesn't work for you. Take what does. I'm sure at least one of these things can help you.
just make sure you keep your eating simple and everything else will fall into place pretty well. And you do not have to stress out. You don't have to beat yourself up. You don't have to be overwhelmed. And you don't have to think too hard. Please be good to yourself. And you'll be good to go. Always ask yourself how you want to feel and just go with that. Lead with that. Always pay attention to your body and how it feels. Stay in tune with it. And don't forget to go to Vegan Beauty Power regularly because I always have stuff going on. VeganBeautyPower.com for the blog, the podcast right here, and the newsletter, which I'll keep start back going with that, with all of the vegan goodness for women wanting to live a healthy vegan lifestyle consistently to feel how you want to feel. And I do have, what I really want to make sure that you know about is my free food empowerment mini course. Because that really can help you out a lot and can probably change your life. Like it has mine. Everything that has worked for me, I want to share with you because I know it could probably help you too. We're building a community here. Vegan Beauty Power is a lifestyle, a community, and a movement of vegan women everywhere. So that's really what it is. Please go to veganbeautypower.com to get that free food empowerment mini course. There's also a free audio for you as well. 10 life-changing ways to simplify your healthy vegan lifestyle. It's also a good thing to have. And then soon I will have a workshop available for, for purchase that is about food empowerment that expands a lot more and goes more into detail and depth to help you simplify your healthy vegan living and your lifestyle that grows from the food empowerment mini course. So the workshop on food empowerment is coming soon for purchase. And I know that You'll love it, and then it can help you in your lifestyle. Thanks so much for listening and being here. Another episode will be up next week. Thanks. And be good to yourself. Thanks so much for listening and being here. If you've loved this episode, please subscribe and leave a review. Share this podcast with anyone and everyone you know who will love it too. For more, go to veganbeautypower.com, read the blog, and subscribe to the Vegan Beauty Power Goddess Love Letters. It's all for you, goddess.